If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd. We've got sun. We've got sun. And you know me. Well, if you've been watching for a long time or listening, you know that the sun literally changes my mood. It is such a change of uh, pace for me. I'm feeling good. I am feeling positive. I am feeling tired. Guys, we need to talk a little bit about sleep. (laughs) I would like all and like, seriously, I've talked about this before on my Patreon. I don't sleep. I stop sleeping. Like I sleep, but I sleep worse than a newborn baby that is colicky. Like I am up every 30 minutes to one hour. I see every time on the clock and I'm not up for a long time usually, but I'm up enough that I'm getting up and, and then falling back asleep. Like why, why? So I purchased a different kind of magnesium last night and I took one pill. It's 400 milligrams. Now everyone's saying, add some melatonin in there. Double up on the magnesium. There's this whole TikTok trend right now called the skin, not not the skinny girl, um, the sleepy girl mocktail. Madison actually from Southern Charm just did it on her TikTok. I watched it. So I bought all the ingredients this morning. So, I mean, yesterday morning. So I didn't do it, do it last night, but I will try tonight. It's tart cherry juice. Like so, so, so. Um, sour, tart cherry juice mixed with magnesium powder, like Calm is the brand. And then um, ice and like a seltzer. It can't be good, but I'll do anything. I just can't take Ambien or any of those like strong sleeping pills. When, you know, people talk about like the Vena lights out and all that, it scares me because don't they have THC in them? And I'll tell you guys, uh, ask Lance, I drank a can, C-A-N-N, can, that's a THC drink, a little too fast on Sunday night, and I think I'm still high. So it's legal to talk about here in California. Welcome to the show. Oh, your comments, guys. Your comments are killing me already. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's all I can say is I know. But yes, don't worry. Don't worry, friends. We will get into so many things. Um, Before we get into today's show, I would love to once again, talk about the sponsor for this week's show. And that is, almost said the wrong one. (laughs) The sponsor for this week's show is ZipRecruiter. Guys, according to Forbes, January is the hottest month for hiring and business owners and hiring managers are on the hunt for top talent. Are you a top talent? Are you? Are you? What is your talent, you guys? What do you do? Leave it in the comment. Do you have a job? 
Are you, uh, you know, an accountant, a doctor? I know I have a lot of therapists that listen. I have a lot of the, like really, really smart people that are D Daily Dose of Donna listeners. It's kind of shocking. I mean, I say that with love, but I think even like the really smart people need to, you know, dumb it down with Daily Dose of Donna sometimes. <laughs> if you're currently hiring, you can probably relate. It's challenging to find qualified candidates and that's why you need ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for your roles fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A. You know I love free things. You know I love a free anything. And this is a great option to try ZipRecruiter.com for free with my code Donna. So remember ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. What's cool about it is they have this really smart matching technology. It helps you in so much, so many better ways rather than reading through every single job opportunity or having them find you through like thousands of applicants. They really weed it out. So it's actually really um, smart. This month, find the talent you need to fill all of your roles with ZipRecruiter. See for yourself why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna, D-A-N-A. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-A for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I always feel like I should add a little jingle to these things. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ding, ding. Um, Welcome. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of what you guys do. We've got finance. We've got, um, um, what else do you guys do? I just see finance lawyer. We got a lawyer in the house. We got a retired nurse. Marketing events. That's my that's my love. Um, great, you guys. Awesome. So happy that you guys are all here. So you know, uh, the news bugged me this morning because let's talk for a minute about those Oscar nominations. Now, this is something that I have. A little bit of an issue with. I loved Barbie. Obviously, I'm a woman, but that's not why I loved it. I didn't love it just because like women's rights, like I'm going to be 100% honest. I am not that person that's out there. You know, I do believe in women's rights. Duh. I'm a woman and I'm like a proud uh, female, you know, independent business owner, mom, all of those things. I do believe in all of those things. But at the same time, I'm not like out there, you know, marching for women's rights. So remember that, you know, there's a spectrum of feminists, but I will say that I am absolutely 100% pro the message of Barbie. It was such a beautiful movie. It was so actually beautiful, like, like visually, I thought beautiful to watch, fun. The music was great. I loved the cast. I loved the story. I thought Margot Robbie was phenomenal. I just loved watching her and seeing, you know, what she uh, brought to this character. And I don't know much about Greta Gerwig as a director. I mean, I know what she's done, but she did a great job. It was a great movie. And clearly it did so well at the box office. And so many people like myself went back and back and back. I saw that movie two times in the theaters and I would get it again today and watch it. We listened to the soundtrack all the time. It was so good. Oh, some of you guys did not like Barbie, but see, that's the thing. It's so up and down. Well, unfortunately and sadly, both Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were snubbed. By the way, do we use the word snubbed in any other 
um, capacity than we do in the Oscar noms or like in nominations. When do you say the word snubbed in life? Like, let's think about people that were snubbed in life. Anna Marie is snubbed by me. Um, I would say Nicole on Miami. Nicole was snubbed by Marisol. Uh, Mauricio is snubbed by Kyle. Hmm. Snubbed. <laughs> you guys in the comments, you're killing me. I can't repeat half of the things you're writing is the truth. You guys are hardcore. Hardcore. Snubby snub. So, um, so unfortunately, they didn't get nominated for Oscars. Now, here's where I have a problem because I do believe this is the top box office achievement by a female director ever. For that on its own, I think it should have gotten a best directing nod. I don't feel good about the fact that a movie that did that well in the theaters and really did get good reviews doesn't get a nomination for best director. It really, really bums me out. Let's look at some of the nominations um, and then we can kind of like play it out. But I mean, it would be nice if there was a list. Thank you, Daily Mail. Okay, Best Picture. It did get nominated for Best Picture. Okay, we know that, right? Um, along with all these other movies, but some of the big ones, The Holdovers, I've been hearing a ton about. I haven't seen. You guys, I'm not a big movie person. I'm just going to be honest. So I don't see a lot of movies. Poor Things, a lot of you guys tell me I have to see that with Emma Stone. Oppenheimer, haven't seen it. I did get a, nom um, a message. I don't remember if it was here on YouTube or somewhere else from someone saying like, oh my God, you're a podcaster and you haven't seen Oppenheimer? I'm like, yeah, but have you seen every episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Like, did I say that I am, you know, Siskel and Ebert? There's certain things I cover and certain things I don't. I cover podcasters. I cover blogs. I cover reality TV. And I cover Jeff Lewis. <laughs> um, best director. Yes. So, of course, it wasn't Greta. But we did have the, the director, Justine Triet of Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese of Killers of the Flower Moon, which I feel like Lance just saw and didn't love. I, I could be wrong. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. You want to know my zone of interest? It's a zero. Guys, can't. Um, actor in a leading role, Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Listen, I, I want to see the movie. I do know that he, you know, I'm Jewish. Obviously, this is something I've talked about for, you know, the entire thing. But I know that he did put on a prosthetic nose for that. Um, and then, you know, started dating Gigi Hadid. So that was fun. Um, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Cill Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Like, okay. Actress in a supporting role, Emily Blunt. I love Emily Blunt. America Ferreira did get nominated, though, and she she did, did deserve it. Although, listen, I thought her script was amazing and her her monologue in that bar Barbie movie was amazing. Unfortunately, I don't believe that she was, like her acting ability is not over the moon to me, America Ferreira. Um, actor in a supporting role, we did get Ryan Gosling from Barbie along with a lot, a lot of other people. And then where is actress in a leading role. Yes. So Emma Stone, Annette Benning, Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller, Carrie Mulligan. My guess is Emma Stone. I feel like she's going to take them all, right? Oh, Kelly watches every movie. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of these movies. Um, that's why I love the Emmys because I or the Golden Globes. Like I love a TV 
nomination. Um, okay, so that was kind of a bummer, I thought. It just it just bummed me out because the whole point of Barbie is like female empowerment and female, I don't know. I just find it really interesting that Ken got a nomination, but not Barbie. Because he's just Ken. Anywhere else, he'd be a 10, right? Okay. So many questions about the elephant in the room. How do I not, how do I not um, cover this? I told you guys I want to talk about my perspective about what is happening with Jeff Lewis Live and, um, you know, podcasts that cover these things and where the line is blurred. But I do need to get more information. And here's what I'm thinking. I promise you guys I want to talk about it. But because things are unfolding, obviously, I'm just going to call it out. Jeff Lewis Obsessed is a is a Instagram account that has been very, very much talked about. And you guys are all about it right now. So I know you're here to talk about it. I want to honestly just say, I am going to talk about it. I'm not scared to talk about it. But I would like to see how things are handled today. Um, yesterday was quite possibly... <laughs> um, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I will give the whole story um, when I talk about it openly or at least on Patreon for sure, for sure, for sure. But I will tell you that um, it, it's all an interesting study. Like if you if you zoom out from all of this stuff and just look at it as crisis management 101, right? And it's tough because here we are and we talk a lot about like, Jeff Lewis, and we talk about Heather McDonald, and we talk about, you know, we talked all about Zach Peter and Up and Adam. So it's kind of fair game when you have a podcast. Like, this is something I talk about, right, on my show. I'm not, I, the problem is I, I do have empathy, and I do have a heart, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings in this situation, because in my opinion, um, Sarah from Texas is right now in the eye of the storm, right? Okay. Uh, someone, Michael says, I'm hearing a word salad. Yeah. Well, you try, you know, going live and talking about a very sensitive subject. I don't want to hurt people's feelings intentionally. Okay. That's not the goal here. What I find interesting in the way I'm looking at is that I need to pull back and I need to look at it from a crisis management perspective. Essentially, because you guys are going to probably, a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, there were some boundary issues crossed by a podcaster, Sarah, who runs the account Jeff Lewis Obsessed. And the only reason I'm talking about it or will talk about it is because Jeff Lewis, who I talk about all the time and have been talking about for a year on the show, whenever there's news, mentioned it. Um, the details I will get into, I'm not doing a whole story on that today because I want to see later today after her show, I want to kind of see what transpires because I do believe yesterday um, mistakes were made. Major, major, major mistakes were made. And I don't know, I haven't spoken to her about that. I don't know if she knows or recognizes where things could have gone wrong. I think mistakes were made on so many little layers, not just on her end, right? Like a lot of mistakes were made. And it was literally a shit storm, 
a shit storm of crisis management, PR, communication, um, approach. My friend Molly, Molly Dara Hillenbrand, and she runs Hillenbrand Media. Shout out, Molly. I posted on my Facebook page a TikTok that she posted based on this because she's been following it too. And she runs crisis communication and management for a lot of celebrities, reality stars, et cetera. She's amazing at her job. She's like a Molly McPherson, if you guys know anything about that um, on TikTok. And she has some really, really good opinions. She's my go-to person whenever anything gets a little riled up in my life. She's like 100% my go-to. I've had, you know, some bad things being said about me in the past. Obviously, anytime you have a podcast or you have a public persona in any respect, you're going to have people say negative things about you. So I will 100% be able to um, go to her and, and get her opinion because I don't know best in all situations. And I don't believe Sarah knew best on how to handle. And here's the way I look at it. And Guys, remember last week, my whole conversation about Taylor and Olivia on Southern Charm. I do believe in redemption and I do believe in getting, um, you know, forgiveness and moving past things. But a few things need to be happening, right? What do we know? You need to have accountability. You need to have remorse. And you need to you know, show in your actions that that is not just something you're saying. So that is, I think the main issue here is I'm, I'm just dying to know a little bit more about the mistake was bad, but the reaction to the mistake, I think is what is the problem here. Right. Um, thank you guys so much. I'm trying really, really hard to not, like I said, Sarah is a human being. She is a mom and she's a podcaster, content creator. She is never, I'm never going to attack anyone like that. She is, she does what I do. I'm not going to attack someone like that unless they come after me. I do believe that there weren't bad intentions, but I do believe mistakes were made in all of it. And there's a lot of weird players here. This is like, this is like add it to the novel. Add it to the novel that we're writing about podcasting 101 in terms of like, I'm joking about that, obviously. But there is a lot of players here that make it very confusing. We've got the Jeff Lewis of it all. Then we've got the fan group and the the, the leader of the fan group that is, you know, blurring the lines. Then we have all the other fan groups talking about that. And then we have a producer of this live event that is now posting on these fan groups in a very unprofessional manner, in my opinion, right? So all of it is very, very tangled. It's a tangled web. So here's what I'm going to do, guys. I am going to pull away from that conversation for the rest of today. We're going to see what transpires today because yesterday morning to yesterday night was like a telenovela in terms of what transpired. And then today we'll know more and tomorrow I will cover this. Okay. Does that make sense? And I hope you guys understand that. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, consider yourself lucky. Listen, I told my friend Justin last night, I said, I said, I'm doing dry January. I'm just like, this is entertainment right now. 
Like, I'm just like watching like, what, 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 what? I mean, the amount of DMs I've gotten and the amount of emails I've gotten and text messages I've gotten because people know that I am somewhat like in that world. Um, I'm sure Zach Peter is also getting inundated Sarah Frazier. I mean, this is just, it's, it's so bonkers the way that this has all gone down. But I really do hope the best for everyone. And I don't want her to be like bullied to no end. I find that incredibly immature from anyone out there. Like you can disagree with her and you cannot like what she's done, but I do not like the whole, um, bully behavior, like the herd mentality. It bothers me. It scares me because when am I going to be in the eye of the storm? Right. But that's why I'm keeping Jeff Lewis at arm's length. Jeff, Jeff is there. We talk about him, but I'm here. Right. I'm daily dose of Donna. Chris says, you wouldn't have chosen dry January if you knew. Yeah, I really should have done dry February. I feel like we would have been safer. Um, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, Ms. May says you and Zach should do a show on this with just the facts and both your opinions. I would love to do that. Maybe I'll talk to Zach about doing something like that. I think it's really important that we don't, um, that we don't get to, it's not about me, right? It has nothing to do with me. I'm just an observer like you guys. But I am, but everyone is fair game in this world. And I do believe that, you know, if you, she has a very popular live show every day and she talks about Jeff Lewis every day. So I think it's important that we should all talk about it. Um, you want to talk about your husband and the rumors? Speaking of, Salt Lake City's on tonight. And I was on my on the phone with my friend Justin. By the way, my friend Justin is Justin Martindale. I keep, keep saying my friend Justin, like you guys don't know. Justin Martindale were on the phone last night. And I don't know if it was his mistake or my mistake, but we were both like, can't wait for Salt Lake City tonight. Can't wait to mo watch Monica tonight. I hang up the phone with him and I turn on the TV. I'm like, oh, I guess it's on tomorrow night. So it's on tonight, Salt Lake City reunion part three. Are we excited? I saw a clip this morning that I think is amazing, Lisa Barlow. She's talking about glam. She is covering when she was in the Palm Springs Hotel and she was like hysterically crying that she didn't want to, you know, do drag. And she was freaking out about her face. And she was so honest to Andy. She's like, I love glam. I do glam in Turkey. I do glam in Morocco. I do glam at home. I do glam every day. You guys, Lisa Barlow does glam every single morning, she says. She says it's a glam and go. What is the cost of that? What is the cost of glam on a daily basis? I would like to know. Um, a couple of other funny things that came out of that, you know, they talked about, well, they talked about Heather Gay getting kind of body shamed by Mary Cosby on Watch What Happens Live. And Mary was like, I promise you, I didn't mean to body shame her. And then she even said, Heather, you actually look beautiful right now. You're shaming me. Guys, I don't know why I love Mary Cosby. Maybe it's because Oliver, my son, loves Mary, but I just really love Mary. I love Mary. Um, Monica is She's tough to watch. She's tough to watch. She drives me insane. She reminds me of a sassy teenager. Like she reminds me of the teenage daughter that you are always scared that you're going to have kind of like maybe a version of yourself when you were 16 and you would say like, I hate you, mom. And she would say, get in your room, slam the door. Like that's Monica. I want Monica to like get grounded. <laughs> get Monica grounded. Um, couple questions about merch. The, the link is in my show notes, Tanya. She says, I want to buy a Daily Dose of Donna Thermal or coffee cup. Where do I go? Yes, it will be in the um, in the show notes. DailyDosePod.com slash store. 
Okay. Kyle Richards was on. I mean, can Jeff Lewis just like be more popular this week? We're all talking about Jeff Lewis. Like, you know who's getting the best marketing and promotion this week? Jeff Lewis and Soiree Mocktails, Mar- Margaret Johnson's, um, J- Margaret Joseph's uh, cocktail, mocktail line. Like, we're all talking about Soiree. Now, all of a sudden, I feel like I want to try a Soiree. Jeff Lewis had Kyle Richards on her, his show. And I talked about this yesterday. I didn't realize that Kyle has done the show before. But this is her second, maybe third time on Jeff Lewis. But I haven't heard Kyle on it for a year and a half. So I don't know when when the last time she was on it. She was so good on the show today. Did you guys enjoy Kyle? And if you listened to Jeff Lewis live this morning, did you enjoy it? There's a few shows of Jeff Lewis's that I will always make sure to listen live. And this was one of them. A lot of his shows, I'm like, oh, I'll get to it later. Like, I don't cover Jeff Lewis on a daily. But I'm so invested in Kyle Richards. As you guys know, I talk about this all the time. Like, she is 100% obsessed. Like, I'm obsessed with her storyline in Beverly Hills. I just need to see how it transpires. I find her incredibly interesting on the show. And so she, um, she was on the, um, she was on the show and I loved her energy. I loved how laid back and chill she was. I loved how fun she seemed. I love how she was like effing with Jeff and playing with Jeff. See the people that understand Jeff Lewis, and this is the tough thing, you know, there's people that understand Jeff Lewis's humor and then people that don't. But if you understand his humor and you can go toe-to-toe, I think it works really well. Um, So I think Kyle's been offended by him in the past, but clearly, you know, they were cool enough today. She had a lot to say today. So not only did we talk about Jeff's dating life, which by the way, you guys, Jeff talked about the fact that there's an agent. Remember he said this? He said there's a talent agent that pitched his client for Hollywood House Lift season two to my lawyer. And then ended up like asking if I was single. Well, I have a friend, a Facebook friend, who is an agent. He's a gay male. And he has asked me in DMs before, is Jeff single? He's super cute. I'm dying to know if this is him. Should I just ask him? Should I just get in his DMs and be like, by the way, have you ever dated Jeff? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll let you guys know. So, um, so... They talked a lot about Jeff's dating life. I always find that funny. And then Kyle was laughing really hard at Jeff saying like, you're giving me secondhand embarrassment. She talked about when she first started dating Mauricio, which by the way, it was so interesting because she's like, I've done that. I've played the games. And I thought she was going to mean like now when she's dating or with Morgan, but she's not dating you guys. She's not dating. Remember that she's not dating. Um, She is with Morgan. (laughs) I mean, I think. So she said that with uh, Mauricio, like she played games with him. She also talked a lot about their dynamic in terms of marriage and divorce. She said, we are separated, but we are living in the same house. Remember you guys, they have like a 10,000 plus probably square foot house, like, or maybe a little bit less, but it's a huge home. So, and they're both so busy. I imagine that they're kind of like not together all the time. 
right? They don't see each other all the time. But she said that like from the outside eye, everything looks normal with between us because we spend time together as a family. I still cook every night. Um, they have multiple houses. So they're going, you know, back and forth between Aspen, La Quinta. And then of course, I'm sure, I'm sure Mauricio has a couple other pads or maybe like condos or something here in Los Angeles. He owns the agency. Like it would make sense to me that he'd have something on the West side, maybe just like a little pad. Right. Um, she said that Jeff said, are you guys not getting divorced? Because a lot of times there's some like complications with families that have a lot of wealth, a lot of assets, right? Businesses, um, properties, kids, all those things. And she was very clear. She said, absolutely not. If I was hundred percent ready to divorce, we would, I still think they will. And, um, I wouldn't want to be like psychologically still attached. I'd have to be able to move on and it would be hard to fully move on knowing that I'm still technically married. She said everything's half and half between us because when she met Mauricio, they had no prenup and she keeps saying he had no money. I need to confirm this because as far as I know, I've heard that Mauricio actually does come from a little money. He had family money. Um, he had, his mom was a, you know, like a sex therapist. I don't know if she still is Dr. Estella. And I believe his grandparents had a lot of money. Apparently he was in fashion. I don't believe he came in with no money. I'll tell you who came in with no money on another conversation. There are certain people that really have no money. And then there's people that like, just don't have like a hundred thousand dollars in their savings account, but they have money. So I'm pretty sure that you know, whatever. But she was like, we built this together. And I do believe that's true. I think Mauricio got to where he is partially because of Kyle. I think Kyle got to where she is partially because of Mauricio. And then they both developed and created their own careers and they make a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, so they said that they weren't going to, uh, she was like, we would just split things halfway. Seems a little easier. Maybe they're waiting for Portia to just become 18. And then it will be official because like doing it now is like child support and weird stuff like that, right? Um, I mean, maybe not. I have no idea. She talked about how they get along really well. There's no toxicity. She didn't mention anything about the fact that he didn't show up to that event and how she had kind of like created a storyline on the show that she was the victim and he, and he, you know, just didn't come to support her when in reality we know that that's actually not the case when we know that she kind of moved the dates around. And my, my feeling is that she didn't even want him there because she was feeling, um, you know, she had other people there that she was more interested in spending her time with. She mentioned like, I can't imagine a life where, um, Mauricio is not in it. Like, it's really scary for me. She also said that they just celebrated their 28th anniversary. I find that so weird to say when you're actually separated. Like, they are not going to stay married, these two. There's no way. I can't imagine a world where all of a sudden they decide, like, never mind. It's been, you know, close to a year of them being separated. I think they got separated, well, six months, seven months. Anyway, I... um. Anyway, so on the show today, she talked about, so she talked about Mauricio, then she talked about Sutton, okay? She said that she and Sutton were actually the closest. She mentioned who brings who on the show, 
And she said, you know, everyone said that Lisa Rinna brought Sutton on the show. And technically, Lisa did suggest Lisa Rinna on the show, but didn't. They weren't good friends. And she said the same thing about Anna Marie, negative 8.5. She said, I technically brought her on the show, but she and I were not friends. They met at a party, at an agency party, and then they, um, you know, went to, uh, they were neighbors. So Kyle just mentioned her. She would be a good character, but Kyle was not good friends with her. She said with Sutton, she was really close with her and she was really thrown how Sutton kind of kept asking her about the marriage this season. Um, this is the part about Kyle that bugs me is because Kyle doesn't recognize that that's what she does on every season, right? And every single season, Kyle is always trying to get the information on other people. And so it bugs me a little bit why she can't just recognize that this is part of the show. And instead, she she immediately is like, why would you do that? You're my friend. But this is what they do on these shows. This is why you have to do this on these shows, right? So Kyle had said that she was acted way too defensive with Sutton, that Sutton was, um, you know, she wishes she could have just been more vulnerable and explained that she was hurt and not so, uh, you know, offended or defensive when Sutton was asking her questions about her marriage. But she said she was going through a really tough time. She didn't even know where things were transpiring and her kids didn't even know. And for that, that does make sense. But she should have just said to Sutton, I can't talk about it right now. And this would have like shut Sutton up. If she said, Sutton, I have no idea where we're going. Obviously things are tense. Things are tough. My kids don't even know the story. So you got to stop asking me. And I really think Sutton would have been like, got it. Cool. Done. Um, let's think what else. They talked a lot about Teddy Mellencamp. Hot button, guys. Trigger alert. Trigger warning. We're talking about Teddy Mellencamp. You guys get up in arms. You know, Teddy's a friend of mine. Um, she said great things about Teddy. She said, I don't know why both Jeff and her represented, like said that Teddy has gotten a bad rap, but Jeff is like, I like Teddy. Obviously, Kyle and Teddy are very close. She said that I am there for her for everything. We talk all the time. I take her to the doctor for her skin cancer and her, you know, melanoma issues. Um, she's there for me. She said she has so many good girlfriends, but the only ones that they focus on and take pictures of are Morgan and her. Well, that's because it's the most unlike friendship, right? That's why I think everyone is so confused by it. It's not like another 40-year-old, 50-year-old mom, like who they've known for 20 years. It feels a little bit odd. Um, and then, then on the after show, she talked a lot about, well, she talked about Anna Marie. And she said that, you know, it hasn't really been the best display, but she like quickly backpedaled from being friends with her, if you noticed. And then finally, it talks about, she talked about Kathy. Now, Kathy Hilton to me is an anom anomaly. Ever since watching Paris in Love, I cannot understand Kathy Hilton. Like it's so confusing to me. She is all over the place. She is really an interesting character. Um, I want to like her, but I also hate her. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I want to like her by like because I find her fascinating and interesting and quite a character. But personality wise, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't like her, you know? Um, I've heard so many bad things just reading House of Hilton, the book, and then like seeing Paris in Love. I've seen it. But Jeff mentioned a story where he partied with Kathy. He, oh God, who's calling? He partied with Kathy. 
until 2 a.m. at the Beverly Hilton at the Polo Lounge one night. Um, and they had so much fun and she was smoking cigarettes, which was so surprising to me. I don't know why. And then um, she talked about Kyle was saying that Kathy had basically had been babied by her mom her whole life and then married young. Kyle was only 10 years old when Kathy and Rick got married. How insane is that to think about? Rick has been Kyle's brother since she was 10, basically. And she said that she was babied by her mom and then babied by Rick. So she doesn't really know how to like move through life. And when she first started get when she first started her marriage with Rick, one night Rick comes home after work and it smells really good in the house. And there's like garlic and onions cooking. And Rick is like, wow, Kathy, what are we eating for dinner? And Kathy's like, what do you mean? Basically, Kathy's mom, big Kathy, had told Kathy, you just have to make sure the house always smells good and there's home cooked meals. So Kathy just cooked garlic and onions because it smelled good, but didn't actually have dinner prepared for Rick. I was like, that is the most, most Kathy thing. I am big time. Um, I'm a believer that Kathy and Kyle and Kim need to have their own show. I would watch it in a heartbeat. I really would. I loved the interview. I loved that side of Kyle. I'm so interested in watching this story unfold. A lot of you guys have some opinions about her queer baiting. She's, you know, pretending that she's in this relationship or going alongside with this relationship. Is she? She keeps saying she's not in a relationship, but I still think she is. It's all confusing to me. It's all confusing, but I will see it play out. We know buying Beverly Hills is going to be announced if it hasn't already. I think it's going to be announced the air date for this next week or this next season. And I know that Kyle shot a lot of stuff on buying Beverly Hills. So I'd be interesting. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing. I'm going to actually look at one of my friends. I told you guys that I have a friend that's on the next season of buying Beverly Hills. I don't think she's mentioned it yet. So I don't know if it's actually been announced, but I do believe that we'll get an announcement of buying Beverly Hills season two, where Kyle is going to be shooting on it and it's going to go amidst their separation. So there's going to be something that happens in the reunion, which I think alludes to buying Beverly Hills. So they're going to, I bet you Netflix and Bravo had a deal that we will not air buying Beverly Hills prior to Beverly Hills ending real housewives ending. So it kind of like leads it in there. I don't know. I think it will be interesting. Um, anyway, I will cover all of those things that we talked about earlier after I get more information. Um, I find it fascinating to watch all of this unfold to me. And I hope that everyone is healthy and happy <laughs> and remembers that this is not life or death. Y'all, this is not life or death. And herd mentality is not good. Redemption is important, but accountability is very important. And um, remorse is important whenever you F up, right? Take Making mistakes is normal in a human. Um, how you react and how you kind of remedy those mistakes, that's, that's what I want to see. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you for being here. Let's talk tomorrow all about Salt Lake City. Make sure to join the Patreon where I'm going to deep dive into all of this stuff, plus American Nightmare, plus Scientology, plus, 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 plus. <sighs> Talk to you guys later. Bye.